0: Okay, now I'm recording. Now, this See? is it. So, you this get on me.
1: We need to do it. It just
0: needs to be right in right an hour. Here. Right here. We're in the red.
1: And I'm going. And then you're like, I'm not ready.
0: Well, I didn't. I thought we were just still kind of hanging out. I didn't know we were like ready to go. No, it's all good. <sighs> What's up, everyone? Hi, everyone. Episode 36. Mm. Mm. We're out here. We're, doing <laughs> we're out here, baby. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about your week and then I cut you off cause I said I wasn't recording.
1: No, uh, man, you know, same old, same old, no, uh, another week with Jesse helping me out in the garage. Um, yep. How's that going? it's good. Um, we're starting to figure out a rhythm the, the, I think the hardest thing, and this is something that Matthew conveyed to me is that one person doesn't really make your life easier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to probably have three or four people, you know, working with me and then I can start to brainstorm and relax and, and right. get my, get everything right in my head. Because now that's just me and this is probably what you're dealing with. It's like, I have to think a few moves ahead because while I'm f- accomplishing things, he has to accomplish things too. And like, once he finishes whatever he's doing, if I haven't planned the next thing for him to do, he's just going to be sitting there and that's wasted, you know, <laughs> time so yep. that, that's that been like the thing I'm trying to like, we're trying to figure out our flow. So uh he's been, if, if there's not been stuff to stuff in enclosures, he's been soldering circuit boards, like all the Wildwood things and um just trying to stay busy. And right now it's just a bunch of busy work, which is kind of boring and lame. And I know that he has so much more potential than that because he has an engineering degree and stuff, but we'll cross that bridge eventually. So,
0: but yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's it's made it, honestly, bringing Chris on in many ways has been helpful, but it's also made it more difficult because you're right. You do. I'm used to only, I can come up with an idea, make the video and put it out in a day And sometimes. So I'm used to that workflow. And now with Chris coming over, it's like, wait a second, he's coming over tomorrow. We got to do the thing. What are we going to shoot? Oh, I got to come up with an idea right now, which really stresses me out. Um, I'm learning a lot about ADHD and, and things that, people with ADHD have. And one of the, uh, one of the things is I forget the term for it. Maybe chat can correct me, but it's like executive, uh, it's like task management. I've always had task management issues where I sit and I, I just get really anxious and stressed out about like, I got to do that task. I got to do the thing. I want to do the thing. I want to do that task. I want to do it right now. But something in my brain says, you're not going to do that right now. Yeah, you know, you're not going to do that, and it just creeps and creeps and creeps. It's not procrastination; it's a, it's a different thing. And uh, when you have somebody working for you, you have to like really stay on top of that stuff, which I'm horrible with. So,
1: yeah that that it, it's it's it, a lot. It's an added pressure, but at the same time, I've I've been playing games almost not every night, but every other night. Oh, no. And Morgan, yeah. uh, she she's noticed. Hey, you're you're in a lot better mood. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> hey, that's that, it's it's all worth it, you know. Yep. Um,
0: but we played we played Destiny the other night. It was did. awesome. You start you start it. get
1: it, and uh, for those listening at home. Uh, I recently got an Xbox Series S, and then... And, and... and, Hold on, (laughs) hold on. And then the other day, my buddy texted me. He's like, hey, GameStop has the Series X in like a bundle, and you have to get like MLB (laughs) something and an extra controller and a a gift card, so it's a little bit more expensive, but they have them. And I was like, oh, shit. So I got on GameStop, and I bought a Series X. So now I'm going to have the big bad, and I think... If Tilly will allow me, I'm just going to ship you my Series S and then we can all play together and we can have our, we can do a strike and and raids and stuff. I'm
0: all for it, man. I'm here for it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, chat. We should shout out Patreon chat. Welcome, everybody. Chat some new people in this morning. ADHD, executive dysfunction. That's the, uh, yeah. That's that's the thing. And, that sounds um, like a, a punk rock album or band or something. <laughs> What's up? We're executive dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> they would open for secondhand sandwich. Oh, my God. Okay. Did you ever go to Warp Tour? No. I was not. Okay. I, I was always intimidated by those kids. I never hung out with them.
1: Oh, my God. All the pop punk kids. Yeah, they're so terrifying. <laughs> I mean, God, there was especially real-
0: Especially the ones at my high school because they were like kids of super wealthy parents and right. like- and yeah it was a different it was a different scene man than i was in for sure well
1: i mean there was there was definitely like the serious punk you know music at, at warp tour at least like when i went which was 2000 uh it was it was either in high school or right out of high school so like 2002 or so um but i went back and found of of the year i went the lineup and all the band names, like it had it for every stage. I mean, the smallest stage in, under just, like the tent at the entrance. You know, yep. um, dude, if you ever want to feel better about if you if you <laughs> ever are thinking, man, is my band name dumb? Go pull up a Warp Tour from like the early two thousands, like list of bands. You say, oh, oh my, my gosh, god. these
0: names. Oh uh, my god! Really funny. We should we should reach out to some of those people. They're they're probably all like accountants and like have day jobs now and that was the say, highlight hey. of
1: their life like yeah i played Warp tour 2003
0: play, <laughs> they're like reliving the gl- glory days of yeah. high school quarterback except they played Warp tour in 2004 or whatever
1: yep yep i was in executive Man. dysfunction and oh yeah. my gosh there were like 20 people watching us it was fantastic
0: yeah i was in a band called dick fist we we're pretty <laughs> sweet <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, dick fist <laughs> that is a that is a band name on my list of band names and i, I, I got it from a bar in nashville A really great bar uh, that shall remain nameless, but they have this um, in there. There's a a mannequin from a store, and then there's just a golden fist placed right where the genitalia would be. (laughs) And I was sitting there with with some friends one night and was drinking cocktails and looking at it. I was like, huh, Dick Fist. Yeah. Oh, Dick Fist. (laughs) That's why that's a band name. There you go
1: when we finally get around to starting that pop punk band that covers yeah. you know
0: yeah 90s i like i like, I like dick fist or um second vasectomy i think is a good one too <laughs> second vasectomy would be like a ska band i think
1: yeah yeah and you do like uh songs about michael scott or something
0: yeah it would be uh, dude if we ever have time um if we ever make millions of dollars and all we do is have time on our hands we should just make an album based off of these band names. Yeah. Just just in in my studio, we'll just come down for a week and say, okay, what would a band called Second Vasectomy make? What would their album be? Let's make that. <laughs> Where you, you make the album to the band name.
1: Right. I like Tony. that idea. Man, I'll bust out the trombone. We can start our, uh, like, do a, Scott, a mighty, mighty boss tone sort d- of.
0: D- 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 <laughs> yeah, man. How was your week? Uh... Honestly, this week, I don't remember what happened this week. So we're we're coming in on the final stretch of the home buying process. Oh, yeah. Everything it's like next has week. Gone, well, everything's gone smoothly until yesterday we got an email from a realtor saying, Oh, we're going to have to extend closing because the seller has to, is the executive, some kind of weird legal thing that they have to figure out. And so our closing date has now been moved to we don't know which is which sucks because yeah. we we're starting to buy like appliances, bought a washer and dryer this week, adult stuff, fun. Um and we are set to have it delivered and now we have to move the delivery date cuz we don't know when we're actually going to be able to get in the house. So that's fun. That's so um, lame. Talking about buying appliances is the lamest. Dude, there's nothing more lame than buying than like <laughs> going to Best Buy and looking at washer and dryers. Usually I'm like really adamant. I do research and I do, you know, I'm like, especially with a big purchase like that. I, I like to right. dig in. And this time I just, Tilly just did it. And I walked in to Best Buy with her. She's like, okay, I've been doing research on this one. I was like, uh-huh. Well, and this I, one has this feature. So it's like, great. Man. Does it, does it wash the clothes? Cool. With that oh, this stuff- one has Wi-Fi. It'll like text you. I don't want that. <laughs> God, no. The last <laughs> thing I want is my dryer to be sending me like, hey, hey, it's your dryer here. hanging out. <laughs> You close Blue, Done. Bluetooth uh, will connect to your phone and Spotify, and like yeah. we'll play different songs when it's listen. Done. We don't need everything. Doesn't need to be smart. Okay, we don't need smart everything. No. I, I can I can function just fine without my dryer telling me when my load of clothes is done. I'll be I, fine.
1: I just go on all the 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 websites and sort best rating, and then kind of look and say, "Oh, okay, this one is best rated across you know." Lowe's, Home Depot, but that's the one I'm gonna get. <laughs> when you were talking about washer and dryer, I'm thinking, oh man, I gotta, we gotta talk about how to really like run your your dryer hose because that makes a big deal and how it well events and because <laughs> that's something I've been dealing with.
0: Yep. Well, that's, that's house, adult stuff. Our house was built in '74, and so Tilly was looking. She was like, oh, the dryer. I noticed it has like a three pl- prong plug, and the new dryer has like a four prong plug. So I figured we just get this adapter. I was like, no, 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 nope, nope. There's a reason. That dryer has four prongs, and this is not we're not just gonna like get an adapter off of Amazon. <laughs> you to have a step
1: up transformer. <laughs> like we're we're gonna make this dryer run on two twenty. We gotta get this.
0: Man, I don't need no electrician to get out here for fifty bucks. I got this thing on it. Listen, I'll take I got a, a leather foil. foil. Hell look, I got a piece of tin foil and a leatherman. What we're gonna do is we're gonna tie these two lugs together and we're gonna stick it in the wall and that'll be fine. Tie the grounds together. It'll be all right. My dad he he uh, he had a
1: bunch of rent houses growing up, and um, multiple times he would have his. Here's my leatherman tool. He would have his leatherman tool and would be like working on something, knowing that the power was switched off to the outlet or whatever that he was working <laughs> on. And he, I wouldn't know that, and he would go Grr! like that, and scare the <laughs> shit out of me. He did that so many times, and it always got me.
0: My dad, my dad is one of the smartest human beings I've ever known, but he he's not a handyman at all. Like, doesn't have the Handyman thing, mm-hmm. but he's an electrical engineer by schooling. Right, and um, <laughs> I remember as a kid one time he was trying to change a switch in his, and he actually electrocuted himself. <laughs> and I was like, "Didn't you? Don't you have? Don't you? Didn't you go to school for that? You should know, like, kind of just generally how that works." He's like, "Ah, yeah. so <laughs> now, now, my parents, he just brings people in, which I think was certain things like electricity." like angry uh, pixies running through your house, it's probably good to bring in a professional.
1: I think it depends. Like uh, are, are the 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 ceiling fan, man, we are like, <laughs> listen, we're, we're going to get there. Well, the ceiling so uh, fan in the den of my house, the it, it's one of those where the light is like right in the middle and you pull it, but it's old. And so the switch doesn't always switch. So the light, right. you'll pull it, it'll turn the light off. And you can't get it back on. And I always tell people, like, don't use that. There's a switch on the wall. Yep. And so the last time the in laws were here, they pulled the switch and I couldn't get it back on. And Morgan was like, what do we do? And I'm like, well, I'll just take this apart, cut the switch out, and then solder the wires together.
0: Oh, see, that's where I, you and I are very different.
1: And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And so like, I brought the soldering iron in the den <laughs> and had her like hold the the station so I had enough length on the cord and I was like soldering up at the ceiling. <laughs> And then switched it on and then I took the switch and like cut it off and like threw it in the garbage and
0: I was like, no, no. one ever touched that again. I'm, See, I, I love that. I'm I would hate that. My thing is if Tilly was like, What do we do? I'm like, Well, I'm going to Home Depot, I'm buying a whole new um <laughs> whole new, fan. Whole It's new all broken. Fan. It's broken. I'm just but, buying but new then fan. would you install it? No. What why not? How- how do you install a ceiling fan? Is it hard? I don't know. No, never it's not hard. Fan. You
1: unscrew it. There's some some wire nuts. Take the wire nuts off, put them back on, screw the plate on. It's super easy. All right, whatever.
0: I, I, I just don't – don't. i I'm want, not going to send you this Xbox. I'm going to send you a, a, a tool Please box. don't. <laughs> Jesus, God, don't do that. Listen, I, I am – listen, I've – especially on my truck, like I've done spark plugs myself. I used to change my oil all the time. Like I'm good with that kind of stuff. But to me, it's like – it's more of a time thing. Right. Like with a ceiling fan, I get it. But with other home improvement projects, it's like, oh, I'm going to epoxy my garage floor. How many hours is that going to take? Ooh, right. More than, well, that, more than one? Okay. No, I'm. That's hard. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> but a ceiling fan is not. Okay. Okay. Great. I, so, now I know. Now yeah, I'm, now
1: you know. We'll, we'll get on Marco Polo, and, and we'll, I'll walk you through it when you're at this new house and you have to put it
0: in Lyra in the chat says, send him the Xbox disassembled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No. Just I would just be like, well, tape. this is broken. Just throw it away. <laughs>
1: it's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Uh, well, do you just want to get into dipping a rig?
0: Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm excited about this one. Uh, I hope he is in the chat. It says, Roast My Rig. Uh-oh. There it is. Oh. So this is Kyle. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name. Uh, K-R-I-S-C-H-E. This is interesting. And uh, he says, I'm an early Patreon subscriber. And so he's been, he's been there for a while. So thank you, Kyle. Uh, he's got a 1985 Les Paul Custom, a 77 JMP 100 watt, yeah buddy uh, i have four by 12 marshall cab with Celestian black backs and like half of the grill cloth is just gone dude which is fantastic uh on his pedal board he's got an empress buffer a tuner a lightspeed a ryra clone zvex Boxer rock benson germanium fuzz mile end effects i looks like it's like Mother Effer repeater or something like abbreviated. <laughs> a binding okay. Triverb Keeley Caverns DOD rubber neck. Oh, and, the rubber uh, neck. And he nice. made his pedal board uh, out of like maple ply and oh um,
0: man, this is this is rad. Yeah, this, this is rad. This is a and rock and roll rig right here. It's not it's not part of the rig technically, but shout out to the custom color AC thirty in the back. <laughs> yeah. What is that, like a 2004? I think they were doing that. 2005, something like that.
1: Beats me. I know that there's one dude in Nashville Craigslist that has tried to sell every. He has a, like a Pathfinder, an AC10, and an AC30 <laughs> all in red. And he's been trying to sell those
0: for too much the money whole for a while. Set. Yeah. yeah. But, all right. Okay. Okay. Man, start with the guitar. You said 87, 85. Eighty-five. So that's is that still Norlin era Gibson, or is that Henry J, like early Henry J? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, let's look it up. You talk, and I'll look it up. All right. So depending on what it is, that that Les Paul is either oh, it's great. a Nor- Norlin ended in eighty-three. Okay, cool. So it's early Henry J. Yeah. Which Henry J? Okay, this is an interesting story. So Gibson has had one of the most tumultuous pasts of any guitar company out there they've been they've changed hands so many times they've they've gone under and gone bankrupt and almost gone bankrupt and all this stuff so um i don't know the exact dates somebody can correct me but in the i believe it was the 70s um through the early 80s was the Norlin era gibson 70 1970 through 83 okay and those are not don't don't buy those. (laughs) If if you see, if you see a Gibson come up for sale, it's like, Oh, a 74, 75, Les Paul or or whatever. Eh, just pass on it because more, more than likely it was not made well. Now you can still find a great guitar from that era, but I would avoid them. Now, Henry J. Henry Juskiewicz, um, took over in 83 and ran the company until about two years ago. And, you have to give the guy some credit because he essentially saved Gibson in the eight i mean he brought it back from the brink of of you know yes. existence in the eighties and you know helped make Gibson relevant and popular again through the nineties and then it's like then he drove it into the ground right by by in the early 2000s by buying up all these companies like philips and onkyo and and just all these ridiculous companies he was going to make gibson a lifestyle brand and he was yeah. going to get them into home electronics and all this ridiculously stupid stuff all the while making the quality control of the guitars just completely slip and and go out, and then they went bankrupt two years ago. And now the new ownership came in, and now we've <laughs> that's not been without its own controversy there as well, right? So this guitar is early Henry J era. Um, from what I understand, Gibson's trying to get back to their roots at this time, trying to you know get back on top of things. And uh, I think you can get some really great Les Pauls from this era.
1: Yeah, and I mean everything Les Paul custom that you're going to find from this time is going to be, it's going to demand a fairly high premium. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, 80, what, what is, 85? Is that 85, that what it I think you see. Yeah. That? So 85, uh, this is looking a lot better than even, uh, an 84 and stuff that I've seen. Cause yeah. the, there's something weird that happened, uh, with Les Paul's in the late seventies and into the eighties, the cutaways, shape change. Yeah. And this looks pretty right.
0: Yeah. It it got
1: more big and pointy, boat boat paddly and stuff. Um, but you know, I've played a bunch of Les Paul customs from the, the mid eighties and they're usually pretty wicked, you know, they're heavy and stuff, but you know, cool guitars, the the biggest shortcoming, um, a lot of, on a lot of these is just the, the, the pots, but the pickups are pretty cool. And I don't know what this would have had. I know for a time, uh Gibson had Bill Lawrence design pickups in a lot of customs and right. man, like they're pretty cool sounding humbuckers. So I don't I don't know what this has, but it, it looks awesome. I love the fact that it's got, you know, the Bigsby. It's got a, a a gear shifter on it. Uh I like that it has a white replaced or a cream poker chip instead yeah, of that's a black. Cool. That's because cool. to me, that's super. Like that, just looks super eighties, seventies, dude. And it rock fits. And roll. It
0: fits the whole aesthetic and theme of this rig, which is yes. just like this has been gigged and beat to shit, and it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> it's been it's been used, right? It's not been necessarily abused, but it, this is a uh, this is a show up and get shit done kind of rig, and yeah. I I really like that. All right, let's move on to the amp. We got to talk about this amp. Hundred yeah. watt. Seventy-seven JMP. Yes. Um, was it a super lead? Did he say, or is it a base model or tremolo? Do we? Well, know? if it's a hundred watt, it would it would be a super um, metal panel. Yeah. Um, so not you know when people say plexi, right? They're typically referring to late sixties Marshalls that had the plexiglass front panel. In nineteen seventy, yeah. they went to the metal panel JMP, but the circuits are still relatively close so this can get you it, this does that like plexi thing 100 watt plexi thing albeit a, yeah. a bit different than the late 60s stuff.
1: yeah they're they're higher gain um, and uh, some of the later JMPs they started to introduce a master volume but this looks pretty straightforward for input Yeah. Um, it looks like it's probably just two volumes treble middle bass and presence uh, I, I can't say for sure but man uh, the, those JMPs they're just a rock and roll yep. you know machine and they're loud.
0: Um, dude, it's it is it is a volume that is hard to describe yeah. unless you've been in the room with it. It it is it moves especially the 412, it moves so much air that you feel it. And and a huge part of those sounds, right? Of those, you know, think Angus Young kind of sounds is the amp interacting with the guitar when you're moving that much air in the space in the room that the guitar is in it's it's vibrating the guitar and the pickups and it it becomes this just symbiotic sort of organism that that runs off of itself and that is something that you know i've talked to like dave friedman and people about this with the modeler thing like that is something that modelers just don't do or even even yeah. if you're running an amp di through something like an aux like You need to have, if you're looking for that real life amp like response, having the amp in the room where it's moving air is the only real way to do it, you know?
1: Yeah. And and one thing, too, and I think this amp would probably surprise people at, at its how. It's not as gainy as what you think. And if you go yeah. back and listen to I mean, listen to Back in Black or Highway to Hell, like any of those ACDC records, and just listen to the
0: guitar tones, yeah. they're not that distorted. They're just right. loud. They're they're and, loud and they're stacked. Like that's yeah. how you get heavy guitar sounds on, on records. It's you don't you don't use a ton of gain, right? Because then it gets compressed and it gets kind of lost in the mix. You use less gain. And you stack guitar parts or you you do two guitar parts that are different voicings. And that's where you get your weight and your width from. It's not from like dialing in a ton of gain on your amp, um, yeah. which is kind of counterintuitive, but, but you're right. And what about this cab? Dude, okay. So aesthetically, <laughs> we have to tell people what's going on here yeah. for an audio world. So the cab is a 412 slant Marshall cab that's literally missing half of the grill cloth. The grill cloth is cut vertically right down the middle. It's kind of ripped and torn. Yeah. And the head is missing most of the Marshall logo, but you only have the M-A. So this, (laughs) Uh dude, this looks like Two-Face from the early 90s Batman. Was it Tommy Lee Jones Uh Two-Face? yeah. This Marshall looks like Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face. It's got, or Harvey Dent, right? It's got the... One side still has the logo and the grill cloth and everything. The other side is just bare speakers, no Marshall logo. It is so rad. Yeah. If I showed up to a gig or showed up to a, a to a show and the, the guitar player in the band had this on stage, I would be I'd be stoked. Because, yeah. Okay. This is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a good show.
1: And and the Marshall logo on the cab looks like at some point it was spray painted red. Yep. Uh it just looks it looks so yeah, it just it looks so rock and roll. Um, oh, it's so sick. <laughs> the the well, we'll we'll touch on some of the caveats of, of this, but like I'm sure this. I, I've never played blackbacks, or if I have, I, I have. I
0: have. They're good. I, I don't know, but um, I think they're just a louder Greenback, right? Um, yeah, but they do they do a slightly different thing. So we put. Um, Rick bought a set of vintage blackbacks and put them in a, an orange four twelve. We mm. we did, um, and. I don't here's the thing man I actually don't love greenbacks um this was confirmed for me again this week we did a video uh where we compared like amp in a box pedals to a real plexi with a a vintage 412 with 71 greenbacks in it and I know that's like the Marshall thing but I have I have greenbacks in my divided by 13 212 for the RSA and I just, I don't like them. I think blackbacks do a different thing. Um, I haven't spent I, enough time with them to really tell you the exact differences, but they are. different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I like pairing greenbacks with another thing. Like, you know, if you have an amp that, because you know, a greenbacks 25 Watts typically. Yeah. Uh, and if you have enough of them, you can handle more wattage, but I, I have always liked them using, you know, like a 18 ish watt amp and then pairing it with a slightly higher, higher power speaker. And yeah. they kind of give some character, but I, I could, I could see that. I mean, they definitely don't have, they don't retain the definition, but um, I don't know the total specs on a black bag, but I know that if I saw this cab, I would just be like, yeah, gimme.
0: dude. So. If I saw that in a store, I would buy it right there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I would buy Absolutely. it because you can tell like, okay, this cab was, was used in, and used well and used right and there's something to it man something to it so you uh, the move pedal on board. To the pedal board yeah yeah solid board um love the rubber neck the DOD rubber neck that's a great analog delay i'm assuming mm-hmm. everything obviously everything's going into the front of this amp it's not like it's been yeah, modded there's... with an effects loop or anything it doesn't say so i i'm sure that yeah little redundancy there with the box of rock going into the marshal because the box of rock is supposed to be like a marshal in a box kind of thing right
1: yeah but i mean like unless you have that jmp loud as hell <laughs> you're not gonna get as much gain as that box of rock can spit out so uh, yeah you know the box of rock is is a funny pedal i've uh I've played them and I hated them, but then I hear people play them and I think that sounds great. So I, I don't know. I need to revisit it.
0: Well, the boost circuit in it is really good too. It's got essentially well, it's a super, like the hard super hard on, on boost. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, I, I would replace that with just the super hard on boost going into the front of that Marshall and call it a day. Um, but honestly, there's nothing on here. I would change. Yeah. There's nothing about this rig. I would change everything on that board is perfect for that amp in that guitar. This is a rock and roll rig through. This is a, if you're looking for those mid to late seventies, um, rock tones, early metal tones, dude, you want, you want Sabbath, like early Sabbath stuff. This is, this will get you there real, real quick in a hurry.
1: And I bet it does a lot of great clean stuff too.
0: You know, I don't no, I don't like JMP's clean. Well, it's probably okay. I mean, it they do, the do, Marshall cleans to me. They they don't they do this weird like brittle high end upper mid range kind of nasally thing that just doesn't work on the I, JMPs? I, I, yeah, mm. yeah, especially well, on the metal panels.
1: Well, I mean, if you're but if you're using one of those pedals, like have the amp, you know, just cleanish, and then you're using like the Lightspeed or the RYRA. Uh, and then you, using your guitar to clean it up, it would probably add a little bit more of a fullness and character. Yeah, and,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And use that, something. That like,
1: yeah, have something as kind of an always on. Which I, I'm, a f- I'm kind of against always on pedals. <laughs> I am too. But uh, I feel but yeah,
0: like an. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, gonna, I was just gonna say like uh, this is this is a wicked wicked looking rig. I feel like if, because I used to have always on pedals, and I figured out that an always on pedal for me was just trying to make up for something that was lacking in my guitar or amp Uh like an always on compressor or an always on overdrive. Right. It's like, Oh, it's always on because I like what it does. Well, it's probably trying to make up for something or cover up something that your amp is doing. That's not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I agree. I think, I think you get your guitar and your amp sound dialed in and then the pedals are there to augment or to season what's there you know
1: absolutely so what would you rate this rig
0: i love it i'm gonna give this 9.8 oils
1: oh man love it i i think it's super cool i the only thing that as far as a gigable rig i mean obviously he's got smaller amps behind him because there's like a it looks like there's there's the vox and and some deluxe or some sort of fender amps um having to to move this a gig with this would would be a bit of a bear and you have to have a car that could fit all this stuff in it
0: yeah uh well yeah but that's not that big of a deal see the thing with a 412 it, you know the reason this 412 looks like it does you don't need a case for it just well, just no. drag it into the venue and drag it out man it's fine and then Yeah the but head, if you
1: if you had my Honda fit you might be like okay how am i going to get this in out
0: of Yeah the but car? if you have a Honda fit you know <laughs> like yeah okay look if you're, if you know that this is the kind of rig you're going to be gigging with, or this is what you aspire to to get, uh, buy yourself an SUV. Get or a, a normal size car. Yeah, get a normal size car. <laughs> For us Americans, get a normal size car. If you're so, yeah. if you live in Europe somewhere, sorry, you're sol because um, your cars are too small. But so um,
1: my first thought, I'm going to give it an 8.5 because of the 85 Les Paul.
0: <laughs>
1: but I would raise that score uh, in, if in the comments section. Uh, Kyle lets us know what size vehicle he has, and depending on the ease of transportation to the gig,
0: I might bump it up to a nine. <laughs> Everyone in the chat saying, "Just like, just get a van." Totally agree. <laughs> if, yeah. if you don't own that amp and a Honda Fit, it's <laughs> funny, you know. Hey, like, hey. but
1: man. but if if you're, I mean, can you afford to pay for the gas for the van? You know, it's like, I, oh, you know, man. that
0: rig that's not that's not the most expensive rig we've seen. That cab is probably worth four or five hundred. That head is is probably a pretty penny, but yeah, um, I mean the 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 those are PCB, so they're not
1: as crazy as like. A and it pre- depends on how
0: original it, it is. It might have you know replaced transformers or something like that. Which sure. We don't know. Um, the Les Paul is worth a lot for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Les Paul, and then those are some some good pedals on there. But there's nothing yeah. on there that's like crazy money. So um, yeah, yeah, this is a totally giggable rig for sure. I dig it. Yeah, man, great rig, love it. Love it, and that that
1: brings us right into our topic today. Yes, sir. So which I, is I posted on our our Patreon. Hey, need some help coming up with a topic, and let me pull up the suggestion that that really spoke to both Rhett and I. Yep, if I can find it, because <laughs> I forgot who said it. Uh, okay, Tyler Johnson said, "Can you gig it?"
0: Can you gig it?
1: A discussion on what kind of gear you should or should not take to be used for various gigs, or gear that this. you don't like to
0: take to a gig. And I, I think love
1: this. That's man, that's great, great topic.
0: It is because I'm now we're starting to ramp back up a little bit. I've got my first gig back on the eighth, May eighth, with Noah. We're doing a duo acoustic show in Asheville, North Carolina. I think we're opening for somebody, but I don't, I don't know. Nice. Um, and then a handful of festival dates in it throughout the summer. We're opening for Willie Nelson in July, which will be cool. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So festival, bring bring the big rig out. You know, have some fun, play loud, play outside, be a good time. So, yeah. Can you gig it? This is uh, this is something that I think about a lot. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the system and like what am I going to bring and what what's going to work well for this venue and this this sound and like what you know um so yeah where do we want to start
1: man i don't i don't know because i think like i mean the most important thing is know your gig
0: know your (laughs) gig
1: you know if if you're playing a festival show and you have someone that can move a divided by 13 cab (laughs) Mm -hmm. in a road case you know and a a head and your pedal board and whatever like hey you know don't worry about bringing that. But if you're playing the local you know, pub and uh, it's just you having to schlep gear, maybe not bring the gigantic yeah. cabin
0: head in a road case. So there is a thought process to this that I like to follow. What is the gig? Where is the gig? And how are we getting there? Okay, yeah. so what is the gig? Am I playing with a singer-songwriter, Americana rock artist like Noah? Well, that's gonna depend that's gonna tell me what guitar should I bring? What amp should I bring? What's the sound that I need to get for that gig? Where is the gig? What kind of venue is it? Is it a club, a two hundred cap tight listening room? Is it a bar? A five hundred cap room where people are standing and drinking and having fun? Is it a theater? A five thousand cap room with a big wooden stage and a great sound system? Is it a festival where we're playing for five, ten thousand people or more? on a big open outdoor stage, all of those denote different, um, setups and and things like that. And third, and arguably most importantly, how are we getting there? Yeah. Is this a local thing that I'm loading up in the back of my vehicle and driving to, are we loading up the van and trailer and trekking, you know, across country or are we flying? Those are three different things as well. Um, so, I kind of have a thought process that I look at for each gig. And I usually get this information ahead of time from usually either the tour manager or the artist. I say, okay, what's the room? How big is it? How long is our set? What are we playing? And how are we getting there? And from there, I will decide, okay, I always bring two guitars. Um, I'll br- decide what two guitars to bring. I'll decide what amp to bring. Am I bringing a small 112 combo or am I bringing one of the big amps? And then, um, usually I just have my one pedal board that I take for everything, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and and you're looking at this from a very professional musician standpoint, and I'd say the vast majority of us, you know, out there are not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But Uh, you will find yourself in situations where even if you're not like a pro musician, you'll still find yourself in situations where this thought process is really useful. Oh
1: yeah, totally. But, um, like when it comes to let's 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 say you have a big big gig where you've got to travel uh like you got to load up in a van versus maybe a small club local gig like what what would you what would you choose for each one of those like for the for the big long distance gig versus the small local gig
0: so for this i'll we'll just stick with like one band so i'll say playing with noah because that's what i've got coming up so um noah's sound and the sounds that I go for with that band are um Americana rock, right? So think think Mike Campbell. I'm trying to sound like Mike Campbell really right. on that gig. Um with a little bit of the Edge thrown in. So, um with that, if it's a small local gig here in Atlanta or somewhere regional, I'll probably bring my Tweed Deluxe um and my pedal board which depending on the size i have like a small pedal board because noah doesn't really need that much he the sounds that i get there are i need a good overdrive a good solo sound usually a fuzz i like a good octave fuzz for noah's stuff because fuzz is the way <laughs> um and then i need a good delay and i need some kind of like tremolo because i use a lot of tremolo sounds on there and so that's a small you know pretty pretty easy board and going through an amp like a tweed deluxe i've got the amp set to edge of breakup kind of sounds and i'm controlling how clean or dirty it is with my volume on my guitar um if it's a run right if we're going out for a weekend or we're going out for a couple of weeks and we're going to be playing a variety of venues i will bring the divided by 13 yeah um because that's the amp to me that is it, it does everything um And I will bring the attenuator because it's goddamn loud. Right. (laughs) Uh, It's loud for a a lot of rooms, except the biggest rooms. So,
1: yeah, I feel like that's the thing that I think amps is probably the hardest thing for people to know necessarily what to, you know, what's going to be heard over a drummer. Yeah. If if, if you're going to be miking it or not. Because even at a small club, you know, I've thrown a mic on a combo before. Yep. um, Where, you know, Probably didn't necessarily have to, but it's just easier um, because you know most venues these days, even really small places like Exit In, where it's basically like a, or not the Exit In, uh, the the basement. I'm thinking, yeah,
0: of. yeah, uh,
1: where it's literally it was a ba- you know it was a it was a basement. Like you yeah. don't you don't have to mic your amp, but, but they always do. They always do. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I, like, do you think it's important? to have a variety of amps that could like say you, say you have a big amp and a small amp like a grab and go like having something like a like a Deluxe Reverb or a Tweed Deluxe or something and then have like the big amp or do you think it's better to find an amp that can do both you know have a divided by or something that that you could have an attenuator that no matter what situation if you're willing to move it it can cover both
0: both games. I think if you're going to have one amp it's better to have a smaller, more reasonable amp. Yeah. Because everywhere is mic'd now. Everywhere. Yeah. The smallest clubs, they're mic'ing you up and sending you through the front of house. Um, the biggest rooms, the biggest festival stages that you might play, they're going to mic you up. And it doesn't matter. Like on those big outdoor stages, I could have both of my divided by 13s running in a dual mono setup, just full tilt. And they're still going to mic me up and send me through the mains because it's a giant open field, right? Like, yeah. So I would say for most players out there, and this is what we did with Noah a few years ago. He was looking for a good amp to kind of do everything for. And we ended up going with a Dr. Z Cure, small 112 combo that takes pedals well. It's got a good master volume um, and do that because there you can still get your sound and it fits because the other thing you have to realize, like small stages, there's not a lot of room to work with. And if oh, you're no. trying to get a four-piece band up there, you you need something small with a small footprint that's not going to take up a ton of space. That's why I love the Sweet Deluxe. It's a small little one twelve combo. Right. Um. So that's what I would say. Get a small usable amp that can get loud i mean a 12 to 15 watt amp gets loud on stage it's loud enough to get over most drummers there's this this idea of like oh i need to get over the drummer well ian guthrie is the loudest drummer i've ever played with he's he's got the hand of thor when he when he plays he has he has one volume and it's loud as hell when he plays and any amp that i own minus my smallest gibson little five watt combos will get over ian any time. Like, you know, so you don't need a 40 watt amp to get over a drummer. That's that to me is a complete myth.
1: Oh yeah. I, I went to uh, grant from big ear. He, 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 he's actually a drummer, even though he, you know, builds guitar pedals. He's a fantastic drummer. Uh, He's a good guitar player too, but I went over to his house and he was like, let's, let's just play. We haven't played music together like ever. And I brought my deluxe reverb and he's like, that's not going to be loud enough to get over me. I'm like, Oh yeah, it will. will. (laughs) And I turned it up just to like, and he was like, Whoa. I'm like, yeah, dude. It
0: will. It's it loud. Will. It's really loud. Twelve watt amps are loud, man. Especially like oh. a twelve watt with a twelve inch speaker. Like a they're loud. They're loud. I gig f- for ages
1: with like uh, a Carmen Ghia or a Maz eighteen. You
0: yeah. Know? It's fine. And there's a there's another thing that's been happening over the last few years, um, which is stage volume. Yeah. Nowadays artists and front of house engineers want basically zero stage volume um i am constantly constantly being asked to turn down so much so that with jesse at the basement that you're talking about we played a, an album release show with her a few years ago down there i had my tweed deluxe it was turned away from the crowd facing the wall Um, and it was, when I tell you it was as quiet as it would go, I mean that like, if I turned the knob down anymore, the amp would be off and I was still asked to turn down. And I finally told the front of house engineer, I was like, no, he's like, Hey man, could you bring the the volume down a little bit? I was like, no, I can't. And I won't like, it's, it's not going to sound good, you know? So you have to be sensitive to that. Now back in the nineties, you know, I talked to my friends like Dave Who's used to gig around Atlanta all the time. You know, he played Smith's Old Bar here in Atlanta, which is a 250, I think, cap room. And it was normal to see a two-guitar band in that room where both guitar players were running a 100-watt half stack. Yeah. Full bore in the room. And that was just how it was. And, yeah, you know. That
1: sucks. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's fun as a guitar player, but, but to be I, an audience member—
0: that no, but sucks. I've talked to people though, like you see bands like the Georgia Satellites or something in those rooms. Charlie Starr talked about this on, on the podcast. He's like, it sounded good in the room. It sounded good. You could hear the vocals, you could hear everything you need to hear, and it was a rock show and it yeah. sounded good. Nowadays, what's happening is the mixes in these small rooms can be so all over the place because the drummer's not playing any quieter. The right. drummer is never asked to turn down. The drummers are all over their crash cymbals. They're hitting these massive rim shots on snares. Like, that is loud, yeah. right? But bass players and guitar players were asked to, like, turn down and, like, oh, can you just actually, could we just, like, go to It's like, no, man. I want to move some air. I want to play. So yeah going on in-ears has helped with that, specifically with, like, singers and artists. Um, you know, Noah is real sensitive to stage volume, but since going on, in years that has essentially been alleviated. And nowadays yeah. what I just do is like if a front, if if I've got my amp dialed in and it's where I want it and I know that it's not too loud, I know that I'm not like blowing people out and they ask me to turn down, I just literally walk over and touch the knob like, "Oh, is that better? There you go. Okay, cool. Yep. Right. There you go." Man, I I mean,
1: I I've been to a, a, some some shows in Nashville uh above um what's the place above the Mercy Lounge um uh not the, not the cannery but there's it's the high watt the
0: can- yeah 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 high watt.
1: Um which is a fitting name because I have been there with bands who were running like full stacks. Yeah. It's loud <laughs> and and it's like it's no fun. I mean you can hear the vocals sure but it's like it's like no fun. Uh my 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 uh one of my childhood best friends he went and saw Dinosaur Jr and he's like, you know, Jay Mascus is running two twins and two Marshall full stacks and he's like, it's, it's not, it's not enjoyable, but I mean like I get it having like a half stack is not too bad. I think it depends on where the stage is. Like if you're looking (laughs) right at a, a four by 12 and it's just smacking you in the face, it's like, that's not enjoyable, but you're right. There is, it's gone a bit. It's too far the other way.
0: And the other thing too is no matter what show you're going to, you should be bringing earplugs because even, right. even if it's like the most neutered, no stage volume sound whatsoever, most churches are too loud. Most yeah. churches are sending too much volume from the stage. Like as an audience member, and they make some incredible earplugs now that I wear on stage all the time if I'm not running in-ears, where it's literally just like turning the volume down. You're not losing high end. You're not losing yeah. like weird EQ curves and things like that. You should be wearing earplugs as an audience member when you go to any show it's going to sound better. You're not going to be deaf (laughs) after the show. Yeah. Um, And what I do as a guitar player now, and this is what people should start investing in buy, go buy a clear sonic amp shield there. They're a couple hundred bucks. Um, You buy one. It's just a plexiglass shield. And that has helped so much with my stage volume issues because I just literally throw it in front of my amps. um, And just by putting that barrier in between your amp, your speaker in front of house, that oftentimes alleviates them, you know, not hearing uh, what they want to hear. Because if you think about it, when you're, when you're an audience member and the amp is on stage and you're basically at eye level with a speaker, you're getting blasted with like the high end information that's super directional, like on axis top end and upper mid range. And it, it can be deafening and loud. And so if you just put a, a shield in front of that, it's blocking all the, that high-end information, then it, it alleviates a lot of that issue. So go buy yeah. an amp shield.
1: Yeah, and, and, and earplugs are a good shout. People are asking in the chat what what we recommend. I I, I use some of the nicer heroes. Yeah, those um, are great. They're great.
0: And what uh, you can do, if, if you go to shows a lot, or if you're a musician and you're gigging a lot, what I would recommend Go to your ENT or go – and somebody in the chat just brought this up yep. – um, and get some custom-molded in-ears. They're not cheap. They can be a couple hundred bucks, but there are companies that will make custom-molded earplugs with filters in them that attenuate, and they're fit for your ears. They're comfortable, and they work incredibly well. So if yeah. you go to shows all the time or you're playing all the time, that's what I would do personally.
1: Yeah, I uh, the guys in the chat were mentioning tinnitus. People say tinnitus – Adam Savage says "tinnitus," so that's how I've adopted saying it. Uh, and when I look up the pronunciation, that's what it says. Um, but I have that, and, and uh, like every now and again, the, like you'll hear those frequencies just go, eep, and they yep. stop, and you never hear them again. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I I think I'm I'm pretty sensitive to stage volume. And one thing, like I mean, maybe lastly about amps, we can move on to pedals and guitars. Um, that I found was really useful for me uh, when I had that Carmen Gia. Which is a fifteen watt amp, plenty loud, but the thing that helped me kind of tailor it to a gig is I had different cabs because it was a head. Right. Right. So had a one by twelve, okay, cool. Small gig, one by twelve. Had a two by twelve, stand it up vertically, put the head on top, and 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 it wasn't that much louder, but I felt mm-hmm. it better, and so it didn't have to be as loud on stage because I could actually hear it and feel it, you know, on my legs yes. and stuff. Yes. And I think that's really important. And that's a cheaper way. You know, you find an amp that you really dig. Even if it's a combo, if it has a speaker out, you know, get a cab, and you can yep. mix and match and play with
0: that. Yeah, most of my amps are head and cab for that yeah. reason, because then you can revoice the amp, get throw a different cab up there with different speakers, and it's going to sound different and feel different. Yeah, so nice. In regards
1: to pedal boards, I know you said you have um, smaller boards, but typically you're running your your boards that are like tailored to your sound and setup. Yes. I've always been the guy that pedal boards are never set in stone, and so if there's a gig or something specific, I'll just make a new one
0: um yes and and I, I, I don't I,
1: know what do you think I, about
0: that I've done that too um there's an issue with that for me, and that is if every time I play a show, my setup is completely different, it takes me out of the performance i I like being super comfortable on stage, yeah. And a big part of that for me is knowing where everything is, knowing how my rig is going to react, and and knowing what I can and can't really do with my rig. The thing that I like about using the same pedal board setup for everything is that you get used to it. It's like muscle memory. You know where your your presets are. You know where your pedals are. You know then you can literally get to the point where you don't even have to look at your board really to like kick stuff on and off i've i've had this happen on plenty of occasions where i've been playing a new pedal board or i've switched stuff around and i'm in the middle of a show and i'm playing and i think like oh crap i got to get over and switch the sound and i'm playing the song's going i'm doing my parts and i'm looking at the pedal board going like shit where's oh it's this pedal okay here oh crap I i forgot to turn my reverb off wait which uh crap which preset was i using for this oh there it is so I think there's a really important point to be made um, for especially people that want to be pro players you need to know your rig inside and out and be really comfortable with it not just for playing but for troubleshooting when things go bad because they right. will go bad um, you know because it can it can cause like big mistakes and big screw ups on stage so
1: yeah and and I think to that end like bring only what you need you know, if if you're play, if you're playing a gig where you don't need presets, you know, like you have, mm. you need an echo sound, you need an overdrive sound, you need a tremolo sound. It's like, just bring yeah. those things. Right. Uh, if you need to have some sort of preset for your delay or something, just get some gaff tape, cut it into strips, and stick it on your pedal. You know, it's there. You go. Okay, there, there.
0: Yeah, or uh, or with more complicated pedals, because a lot of pedal, pedals have presets nowadays. Just save. So on my Strymon's, for for example. I have the first bank of my Strymon's have my three, two or three like go-to sounds, my go-to reverb sounds, my go-to delay sounds that work for ninety-five percent of what I do. Um, the The reason that I, on my touring board, have the switcher and the MIDI switching and stuff is really more for Jesse's gig, where yeah. with that gig, I need to be able to literally to go from a verse to a chorus. I'm going from a really washed out reverb tremolo slapback with a phaser on kind of rhythm sound to just a f- single fuzz pedal dry guitar sound in one beat. Yeah. And to do that without a switcher, it's you can't. You have yeah. to start switching stuff on and off and you hear that in the show. You it and, and it affects your performance. And so exactly. So <laughs> with Jesse's gig, I have the whole show mapped out and I just bam 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 like one shot and my whole sound is changing immediately and i think yeah. that's super important but if you're not doing that if you don't need that which most players don't um yeah you don't you don't need a huge rig like that yeah
1: and how I, how i've always approached playing in bands and even when there's been like you know like if i do a wedding gig or a cover gig where i need yeah. to have a bunch of sounds i typically don't bother trying to replicate stuff because A, I'm not whoever that person was playing guitar on that record or song. So right. I'm not stressing that much about it. I just try to say, okay, how do how would I play it? This sounds pretty close and get an approximation. So I'm not having to sweat it because for me, the thing about gigs, I, I'm really, I get really stressed out for gigs, even if it's something easy that, you know, a place I've played many times. Um, I, I, I like everything just to be simple to where I don't have to think about my pedal board. I have my overdrive, my delay or whatever, and I can just play and enjoy the, the feeling of just playing guitar for people. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think when it comes to setting up a pedal board, the comfort part is probably the most important thing. And I mean, you, you have to be aware of whatever real estate you're going to have. You know, if, if you're playing on a really small stage where you, 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 you might not even be able to put a pedal board on it. You know, maybe all you need is like an overdrive and a clip on headstock tuner just so you can, you know, play your 30 minute set or whatever it is and then get the hell out of there Yeah. because that's important too. But
0: well, yeah, the comfort and reliability. Yeah. Soldered cables. (laughs) I'm, I'm dead serious. Like use soldered cables. If you're going to be gigging, is that part of the drinking game? (laughs) It probably is. Um, I don't care. Um, (laughs) If you're going to be gigging, and especially if you're going to be traveling, even locally, like if you're loading in and out and you're going to rehearsals and you're going to gigs, you're going to bars, you're loading your stuff and it's moving a lot, use soldered patch cables. I know that there's kits out there. I know about the evidence audio. I know about all the stuff. Oh, well, this has the mechanic. I know about it. Use soldered cables. Yeah. They're better. They are better. They're more reliable. They're cheaper. They're easy to make. You can make extras and you should. That's another thing with gigging stuff. We talked about this a little bit in in past episodes, but like in your gig bag or in your case, bring two or three extra patch cables, bring some extra power cables for your power supply, bring an extra strap, bring extra instrument cables, like all of those sort of perishable expendable items. I always bring extras of those to gigs. Absolutely. Um,
1: Well, real quick, lastly, guitars, guitars,
0: Guitar. You said, well, we you should talk on modelers. Two. We yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll talk modelers. guitars and modelers too. But yeah. So guitars, I always bring two, um at least two. With Noah's gig, I usually bring three, and I use the Hercules like triple stand. Right. Would you ever just bring one? No.
1: What? But what no. if it was a guitar that you like? Your your Saris J? Does it break strings?
0: No. But I still would never bring just one. Because but what if it's not, it was just
1: like a like you know like maybe it 's like a local gig, and no. you only had to play for like half an hour
0: no my the way i the way I think about gigging is like this is my job, and yeah. this is something that I really, really care about and i want I want to be professional in I want to be you know even if it wasn 't like my full time job, I would still have this mindset, which is to say like I love doing this. I want to do this to the best of my ability at the highest level that I'm capable of doing it. And I want to do it so... I want to over-deliver every single time, whether it's with a band or with an artist or with my friends. Like I want to show up and put on a great show to the audience so that I can continue to gig and do it more because I love playing live. It's my favorite thing. It is my favorite thing about playing guitar. And so to me, if... Throwing an extra guitar on my back or bringing it to the gig, it doesn't cost me anything extra in terms of time or energy. And if it's the one thing that's going to keep the gig going, if I happen to break a string or if I have a pot that goes bad or if I have a – I mean, these are all things that have happened. That output output jacks go bad on gigs. Like things that you just don't think about where if you only have that one guitar, now all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're like, shit, uh – oh, we're going on 10 minutes. Oh, can I borrow a guitar? There's an opening band. I might have to use their guitar. Or even worse, you're in the middle of a song and something goes wrong. Just bring the extra guitar. Right. Just bring it. And what I do is I always bring a guitar that is completely different. I have usually a humbucker and some kind of single coil guitar. And I will right. switch them out for different songs. But
1: yeah. Well, that could be... I mean, that can open up a can of worms if you're trying. Like if, if you know you have your set where you mainly play humbuckers or whatever... And mm-hmm. then, because I, I, I've been in bands where I've used a humbucker guitar and then like, you know what, I'm going to grab the Strat. And then I get the Strat and right. it's like, oh, everything sounds way different now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, I mean, do you think it's valuable if you have your, your number one, your your main guitar, if you're in a band where like your sound is your sound and it's got to be mm-hmm. that locked in stone? Um, should you bring a backup of, of a similar guitar? Yeah. Maybe like if you don't want to pony up the money, is it valuable just to get like a cheapie? Yeah.
0: I mean, look, whatever floats your boat, if you are like a humbucker, if you're a Les Paul player and you know that's your thing, then yeah, get bring two Les Pauls or bring two Les Paul style guitars, whatever it is. Um, But there is a tremendous amount of value in having redundancy in your rig, not just in your guitar, but like, dude, bring tubes, bring rectify. If if your amp is tube rectified, you need to have a rectifier tube in your kit. You need to have a set of power tubes set up preamp tubes and things like that in your kit because amps blow tubes, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, you need to bring a speaker cable and this is all stuff. That's not that just have a little tool bag or something that you bring with you with. It just loads in and loads out with your gear. It doesn't take that much space. It's not that much more difficult to, to bring in. And this is all stuff that has all of these things have gone wrong for me. I've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gigs over the last 10 years and all of these things are things that have gone bad for me over the years. Yeah. I've blown rectifier tubes and had no amp. I've blown power tubes and had no amp. I've had speaker cables between my head and cab go bad. The only thing I haven't done is blown a. Sp- no, I have. I've blown a speaker on a gig, and that's kind of you know. I'm not going to bring a spare speaker, right? <laughs> right. But Jeez. Yeah, I've. It's it's all happened, and it all will happen. Gigging, like Murphy's Law, is at full uh effect when you're playing shows
1: (laughs) yeah uh uh, nikki cam cam in the the discord chat said don't forget fuses yeah fuses 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 are one of those like you can have a tube that's starting to go bad and kind of like limp through it and change it later but a fuse it's your amp's dead
0: it's dead and a lot of a lot of modern amps now come with the fuse that has the spare fuse in it which is super great oh they do Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, also, we should yeah cover modelers. A lot of people in the chat, and I'm sure a lot of people in the con- comments. Are like, what about the modeler Helix F- FM3? Totally great. Yeah. I've I've gigged my Helix. I've gigged my Kemper. Only thing I haven't gigged yet is the um, Axe Effects, but they're great. So for fly dates, when you're flying to shows, um, which I, I I guess most people don't well, do, or was but, it the
1: musical in the Axe Effects?
0: Oh yeah, you're right. I did <laughs> I did gig the Ugh. Xbox on the musical. It was great. You know what was great about that was we used it not just for my guitar rig, but we ran the bass Everything. rig through it yeah. too. Because the bass was just DI and it sounded like ass. So I just was like, hey, plug in the back here, <laughs> input two, and I took the I wasn't using the right output, so I just made a new path and made a bass signal chain. And it sounded awesome. Um, modelers are great. They solve a lot of the issues of gigging with analog tube amps, right? You're not going to blow a tube. You're not going to blow a fuse, all that kind of stuff. Um, There are still some reliability issues. I have had my Helix during a rehearsal. My Helix is, like, locked up and frozen on me where I had to, like, restart the Helix. It is a computer. Right. It can't happen. Um, But for fly dates, things like that, HX Stomp, Iridium. I've used my Iridium for radio dates before. It's amazing. Like... These things are great. The downside is, if I'm if I'm on a gig and we're headlining and we have the stage, we have the space, I'm always, always going to bring a tube amp, right? Because that's the benchmark in tone and sound. Like that's to me the best thing. Um, and I will go to a modeller, a Helix, or things like that when I can't use the real thing. If it's a fly date, if it's a quick. In and out festival thing, right? That's what I'm right.
1: Get. Well, and 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 to that end, if you don't have a, a powered cab or some way to hear yourself on stage, yeah. you're you're dependent on the the sound reinforcement on the stage with monitors. And if that sucks, if you're playing a small gig, some like you know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there using modelers for local small gigs. If you don't have a good monitor to hear yourself or yeah. or a cab on stage so you can hear yourself. You need it. it. It might it might not be a better solution than just having like a cheapy, you know, just taking your pro junior, your blues junior, you yeah, know, for, for just just so you can feel what your guitar is doing because I, that's I think where I mean a, a lot of people have that complaint with modelers. It's like there's a disconnect because you don't have that air moving
0: huge thing. disconnect.
1: But you have to you have to have that you know yeah
0: if you're gonna kick. Yeah. I I made a huge mistake with my Helix about two years ago during CMA Fest in Nashville. We're playing with Noah. And CMA Fest is interesting. It's kind of like a South by Southwest setup where it's in downtown Nashville and there's just stages everywhere. And generally, you'll have three or four shows in a day.
1: Yeah. So you're
0: literally just running around downtown Nashville, playing for 45 minutes, pack your shit up, run over to the next stage. It's, it's hectic. And so... They all have backline amps and stuff, but I, I just thought, okay, I'm going to bring my, my Helix. I'm going to bring two guitars so I could just have my mono and my Helix in a backpack and that's it. And I didn't bring a power cab. And the first show, I was like, oh shit, I, I screwed up. <laughs> because we were on wedges for everything and I was tied to my wedge. Because I didn't have anything on stage, there was no cabinet moving air on stage – the only thing that I could hear myself was through the wedge, which meant I could not move from axis on that wedge at all. Even to like turn over to like look at Noah or look at Ian. If I like leaned out of the the firing line of that wedge, I had no guitar, nothing. And when you don't have, like you just said, when you don't have that cabinet on stage moving air, you're missing a huge part of the guitar sound, huge part. So if you're a modeler, if you're someone that's going to be gigging with that stuff, they're great. I've gigged with them tons. You need to have some kind of cabinet on stage pushing air or you're going to be missing out a huge, huge part of your sound.
1: Yeah. Unless you, I mean, you're running in-ears or something and most. Even then though.
0: Yeah. Even then you need something on stage, man. You really do.
1: But yeah, I, I think, you know, from, I feel like most people are, you know, doing the smaller gigs and stuff. It's like, just, just invest that little bit extra. Cause I mean, the power cab is tiny. You know, it's like yeah. the size of a hot rod. And it's loud. <laughs> it's loud and it doesn't weigh much. It's like easy to move. So, I, you know, yeah. even because uh, I have the Plus and even the cheaper ones, um, I, I'm sure are great for, it, you know, if you're using, especially if you have IRs loaded into yeah. whatever. And I'd say, I mean, have you used the power cl- cab with any
0: other modelers besides the Line 6? Yeah, I used it with my uh, with my Kemper before. And, and it sounds and it's, good. It's great. Yeah, it does It does exactly what you need to do. Now, am I going to go use that on a record? No. No. But But for a gig, it's... It's awesome. It's a great solution. They're super robust. They're super loud. Um, they don't look super cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's not bad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's
1: it's. I mean, it's definitely not some. It's it's not neat looking, you know. Like no. I, lo- I love the way the Two Rock lo- looks. I love the way the Victoria mm-hmm. looks. They you know they just look classy and that and that, looks that like, is you know, that app. is
0: worth something, man. Like don't discount that. When you're on a gig, you're playing a show. You're you're entertaining. Yeah, And a part of that entertainment is the look of the stage. If that stuff didn't matter, then we wouldn't have lights and smoke and all the stuff that they do on right. stages to make shows look more interesting. And there is something to having a guitar amp and cabinet on the stage. Like, it looks cool. And that is right. that is part of it. There is something to, when I play my modelers on stage, when I play, like, my Helix and stuff, it sounds great, and I, I love the tone, and it does the thing that I need it to do, but I, I feel... To me, it's like I just, I don't feel totally, I don't feel cool. It's not rock and (laughs) roll. It's not rock and roll. It's just (laughs) not. Now, that in the grand scheme of things, does that really matter? Uh, Probably not, but you know, it's part of it, you know? Yeah. So I don't, did we, did we, did we solve the, can you gig it? <laughs> say, I don't know. I think we just, we covered some, I think what we could do to, this is an interesting topic we could continue to talk about. So I think what yeah. we could do to follow up on this is like, hey, send us some questions about gear, right? We yeah. could get more specific about pieces of gear, certain amps, certain modelers, whatever, and say, can you gig it? And we'll give you our, uh, give you our opinion. Yeah, Is and
1: lastly, is there anything you should absolutely not bother with when it comes to, bring into a gig or like worrying Uh, about
0: um two amps running stereo Uh, no do not run stereo live um it doesn't it's not going to do what you think it's going to do it doesn't sound good um you're not going to get that like nice pretty stereo image that you get when you're sitting in your bedroom playing your stereo rig uh so yeah don't mess with stereo guitar rigs wet dry eh, maybe i i don't really think that's a huge deal either but i
1: saw joey play the basement um where he had i don't know i don't know if you saw the you probably saw the that pedal show episode where he had like the little ancillary pedal board with the mix swell thing yeah and it would you know introduce like the wet sound and he had that it it sounded cool but it also just came out of one spot so it kind of just
0: i don't know it like i know dan and Mick. i know dan and Mick are like all about the wet dry thing and you know they're their fans and viewers are like all about it and everything from my perspective and my opinion i think it's unnecessary for gigging
1: yeah i, I used to i mean when i used to gig and even i played some outdoor things and, and and some bigger things every now and again um but i never took i only had a delay i never took reverb i never took anything and people said well, why not And i'm like well if i'm loud enough <laughs> i'll make my own <laughs> yeah reverberation but I, I you know i think the ultimate thing you have to take away from everything that we've talked about is you just have to be comfortable. You just have to yeah. fi- have a setup that works for you, it, it, that's comfortable for you and comfortable for your audience. Um, and, and, and the gig will probably go okay. Yeah. And, and, and always keep extra stuff. Keep a Leatherman tool in your bag. Keep, yeah, keep. If, if you think you need it, take it.
0: Yep. You know, and also uh, turn off your reverbs in the room. If you're running a room <laughs> reverb and you're playing in a room, don't do that. <laughs> you're done gonna make for your, you. it's done for you. Okay, so don't you don't need to turn on your reverb in a in a room, right? Yeah, cool. You want to do a show of the week here? Yeah, I got I got one ready, locked and I loaded. Do too.
1: All right, you go first. Okay, so you guys have all heard me say that Jesse from Rude Tech has been working for me. Well, he he's also obviously a pedal builder, and I bought one of his pedals. So Whoa. so this is the three muff fourteen uh and it is a big muff where let's see if I can see which switch it is oh those toggle switches yeah sick. so it has it has little guards it's <laughs> he, like Apollo he, era well, look right he there. he wanted it to look like a Mig fighter jet because it's yeah. got three different Russian big muff voicings that's sick so you can go from a black a green a civil war uh, it has a tone stack bypass and then it also has a mid drive boost which is kind of like hitting a big muff with a tube screamery thing but it's not exactly like that um that has its own little gain trimmer uh down here that's badass it's super cool and he i mean like i I, i'd never played one i you know i'd played some of it he has a chorus that he used to make and, and some other stuff but you know he's he's working with me i need to know like his vibe and so yeah just build me one i'll get it and wicked check it out rude
0: tech that's amazing i love love those toggle switches
1: yeah and the color it's like you know looks like it looks like the interior of a mig fighter jet sick so
0: nice all right okay i
1: hear a i hear a case
0: opening if anybody has been hanging out in the comment sections of these videos or the videos on my channel for any amount of time, you've probably seen a man named Norm Mosley, Norman Mosley, in the comments. He's, uh, he's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of mine um, through, through YouTube. He, he emails me. We talk basically every day on email. And um, Norm is a super cool guy, lives in Mississippi. And uh, he's got, he's, he, well, he sent me this this week. Yeah. This is a Heritage uh, Gold Top. I'm not sure about the year, I think it's maybe in the nineties era late late nineties I need to ask him, yeah. but les Paul deluxe, I guess this would be like the h one fifty yeah deluxe the mini humbuckers uh gold top and um yeah he's he's had this for years, and uh he was thinking about selling it evidently and emailed me and asked me if I wanted it and I was like uh yes i I would love a gold top with, with uh, Mini Humbuckers. And so he very graciously sent it out to me this week. And um, yeah, awesome. so it will be, uh, it's going to get gigged and used. Um, it sounds great and uh, plays really, really well. It's got a nice neck on it. And you and I were talking this week when I first got it. And I was like, you know, it's a pretty good weight. I think it weighs right at about 10 pounds, I would say, if I had to guess. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me weigh it. And I put it on the scale and... No joke, it was 9.89 pounds. No, it was 9 pounds, 9 ounces, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. So,
1: the almost a ni- little over 9.5 pounds, so it was
0: close. Yeah. So, uh, I was basically spot on. I mean, I'm correct, yeah. but <laughs> you know, I've, apparently I've got a weird talent that I can just weigh things by holding them. But um, anytime someone meets you, they're just going to be like, how much does my phone weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: so uh yeah shout out to norm if you see him in the uh if you see him in the comments section here it's tell him what's up he's uh he's a really nice guy really cool Do, guy and, does the um,
1: shape of the neck I, f- I feel like a lot of the heritage i've played they kind of have like a
0: d-shaped neck yeah this is this is this is like a d-shape mm-hmm. um it's medium profile i would say it's definitely thicker than any of my novos um yeah
1: they, they tend to have, to have a like, little
0: more shoulder yeah I like it though, man. It I like the way it feels. Yeah, they're um, cool. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I might put a pit guard on it, but um, yeah. maybe not. I don't I know. know.
1: I kind of I kind of like it. I, I feel like I feel like it, it looks cool. That this is the simple nakedness of it.
0: It's a classic. It's a classic look. Yeah. Um, and this thing's gonna work great on stage, man. I'm I'm really excited. This is gonna be a good. <laughs> this is gonna be a good workhorse um, gigging guitar. So I'm about uh
1: Sugatooth in the chat said uh and Lyra said, Rhett weight rain man shawl <laughs> and Sugatooth said, Oh that could be your Nam booth idea. Just have people
0: you just just like, hand me shit. All, like, mm. uh, that's about four pounds. <laughs>
1: we'll have like a scale right beside it, we can weigh everything. <laughs> and if if you guess if 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 you guess wrong, they win a shirt. If you guess right, then you get to keep whatever they bring Yeah,
0: in. I get to keep your your uh pedal or whatever you handed me. Perfect. Phone. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Nice. Well, there you go, everyone. It's Dipped in Tone, episode 36. Uh, Tilly and I are going to go on a little camping overlanding trip, so I'm going to sign off here. Nice. I want to build some pedals and play some Destiny 2 this weekend. So. Sick. Yo. Yo, that's sick. Love that game. Alright. You guys are great. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, everybody. Love y'all. See ya. Mwah, Bye-bye. Mwah, mwah.